0: It really was the easiest thing for me to do. And so now that the challenge is over, we're what, like six weeks probably out from the challenge, I'm still maintaining the things that I did. And it is just like the new practice of my life. And you sold me on it. What if it were possible to
1: achieve your goal weight and stay there permanently without dieting? Hey LuxLifer, welcome to episode 58. In today's episode, you're going to meet an amazing and incredibly insightful life and marriage coach, Dr. Siobhan Parat. Now, you may be wondering why am I interviewing a marriage coach on a weight loss podcast? Well, you would be surprised, my friend. Sometimes when I'm coaching, There will be like certain weeks when certain topics just seem to be trending in my client community. So like if it were a hashtag, the topic that was most recently trending might be hashtag husband's eating is holding me back from weight loss or hashtag overwhelmed mom of two or hashtag difficult conversations with my boo. (laughs) So when I see a common topic in my community that I, you know, I see multiple people struggling with, I always want to address it in some way, shape or form. It just so happens that Dr. Siobhan is a life and marriage coach, as I mentioned before. But guess what? She's also a Lux Lifer. She's a boot camper, meaning she participated in the most recent Lose your next 10 pounds without dieting, 30 day boot camp. And she lost her first 10 pounds without dieting in 30 days. So, of course, I wanted to have her come on the podcast to talk to you about her process and how she lost the weight. But we're also going to serve a dual purpose on this podcast. So, she's going to share how she overcame her resistance to actually be like, okay, I'm ready to join the boot camp and do the work and show up. And then she went on to lose 10 pounds, which was her goal in that 30 days and how she's continuing to lose weight. And then the second reason that I wanted to have her on the podcast is to answer very specific questions about marriage. So when I saw these topics were trending in my community, I just put a a post out a question out in the group. And I was like, Hey, guys, What are your biggest burning questions around marriage, around family life? And I got some really, really good ones back that I know a lot of people can relate to. So in our discussion, we hit on those trending topics that I mentioned before, plus some. We talk about how to manage being the short order cook for your family. I know some of y'all can relate to that. You got to cook one meal for yourself, one meal for your husband, another meal for your kids. So we talk about how to manage being that short order cook. We also talked about how to stay focused on your weight loss plan when your husband or your kids are happily eating all the favorite foods that you do not have on your plan. We also talk about money. Yes, how to deal with financial matters when you and your husband are not on the same page. We talk about recognizing when we're using Food to buffer and avoid dealing with some of these marital issues. And if you're a mom to young kids with a busy husband who has a demanding job, you're really going to appreciate Dr. Siobhan's own personal insight on how she handles her mom and her wife responsibilities with grace and with ease. Now, if that doesn't describe you and you're like, eh, I don't know if I want to listen to this episode or not, it's okay. But I don't want you to skip it because you may miss something that could potentially change how you see yourself showing up in relationships and change your relationship with food. I want you to just listen with an open mind and listen closely because our conversation was very, very candid. And you may just pick up some new ways to think about your eating habits and how you interact with other people. And then I want you to share this episode with a friend. Who you know needs to hear this, right? You know that friend who is struggling with her young kids. You know that friend who is struggling in her marriage. You know that friend who is eating her feelings away. So I want you to share this episode with her. But before I let you listen in on our conversation, I definitely want to make sure that your name is on the wait list for the next boot camp. If you think it's not possible to lose 10 pounds in 30 days, you'll for sure want to listen to the beginning of this interview where Dr. Siobhan shares her experience. But really, I think you should just commit and experience the Stop Dieting Forever weight loss process for yourself. Stop wondering if it could really work for you and just sign up, show up, do the work and see what happens. Okay. So I want you to go to lose your next 10 and that's the number 10.com today and make sure you put your name on the wait list because I'm going to notify the people on the wait list first when registration opens and then you'll want to make sure you're right in line to be able to receive some really, really cool bonuses that I'm coming up because this is a special summer edition of the 30 day boot camp. Okay. Oh, and that friend that you're sharing this episode with, you know, the one that's struggling in her marriage or with her kids, I want you to share loseyournext10.com with your friend as well. All right. So enjoy our conversation and I will see you in the next episode. All right. I am super excited to be here interviewing my biz bestie, Dr. Siobhan Parat. We have been, at least I have been scheming. I was like, how can we get A podcast together. How can I get you on the podcast, introduce my audience to you, the wonderful coach that you are. So let's talk about who you are and who you help. And then we'll tee up the conversation and talk about what we're going to talk about during this particular episode. So tell us, Dr. Siobhan, who (laughs) are you and who
0: do you help? I'm so excited to be here, Jennifer. Thank you. So Dr. Siobhan here. I am a life and marriage coach and I work with women and couples who want to have a better experience in their marriage. I really am sort of anchored in the idea that we make marriage a lot harder than it needs to be. And there are ways to make it easier And I work with my clients to do that. We focus a lot on mindset and the perspective you take and how to sort of think differently so that you are feeling better and operating at your best. Most of my clients are people of faith. I am of the Christian faith. And so I love being able to marry both coaching principles with what we're taught from our faith community and help people sort of elevate uh, themselves and transform their marriages in the process.
1: Love it. We have lots of alignments in the thinking part of how we how we help our clients, right? Because you want to help your clients make marriage easier. I want to help clients make weight loss easier and we both come from the same basic like mindset principles. So I wanted to have you onto the podcast because it's so interesting when I coach my clients, my private clients, or sometimes some weeks, there just seems to be a general theme. Everybody's kind of dealing with the same thing at the same time individually. So there was a week, a couple weeks ago, where a bunch of my clients were in our sessions talking about relationships and things that they were dealing with with their husbands, how it was affecting their weight loss progress. And I was like, okay, time to bring in the big gun. Right, It's time to bring in the marriage expert so we can have a very open dialogue about relationships with our husbands. And sometimes it's just not easy peasy. And sometimes we do end up using food to cope with the marriage and the relationship. And so I wanted to bring you onto the podcast really to just give us some really good tools, some really good thoughts, things we can take away of how we can make our marriages easier, make our marriages better without using food to cope. But the other thing I wanted to bring you onto the podcast and talk to you about, because you are a boot camper and you participated in the last lose your next 10 pounds without dieting boot camp and you had great success in the 30 days. And so I wanted you to definitely talk about your experience in the boot camp, how you brought yourself to join the boot camp. We've known each other for how many years?
0: Probably Five, four. four. Probably years. four. Yeah, it's got to be four years.
1: And we, we've known each other as coaches. We met in the coaching arena. So you've always known I'm a weight loss coach. I've always known that you're a marriage coach. And so at one point recently, you're like, okay, it's time to get the weight under control. So tell us what was your thought process?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Done. Yeah, And I think It has been a long process, if that makes sense. So, what I mean by that is, over the past probably five years since my last child, I have gained 30 to 40 pounds. And I think at the point where I met you, I was not focused on weight loss at all. I was very much focused on building my business. Surviving with two very small children and a husband that has a very demanding career and also recognizing that like when I was really serious and committed to losing weight, I wanted to do it differently. And I gave myself the time to really be ready to do it differently. And so what that looked like for me over these years that we've known each other is one, just really learning to accept my body where it was, to consciously love my body where it was. And I think even intersecting with marriage, which I know we'll talk about in a little bit, not needing my husband to validate my attractiveness and to create that myself, right? Because I looked very different than how when he first married me. Before and the so, kids, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where I had to really tease apart like, what are my own thoughts about where I am with my size? How can I be okay with that? What are like the thought patterns I have about food eating? And really knowing that, like, that was the place to start. And so, getting myself to that point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to do this a different way was a journey. And so, when it comes to this last challenge, I think what helped me was knowing myself so well in this area of my life. So, knowing that I'm very sensitive about it, like, it's something that I'm still emotionally managing myself, knowing that. I would be challenged to think differently in a very uncomfortable way. And then putting in the work. Like, you know, my crutch was always like, no, but I like really good food. I'm a foodie. Like, I love my sweets. I love eating out, just enjoying really good food. And so my whole thing was like, if I can find a way to make eating healthy, tastes delicious, right? Then there I go. So when it came to the challenge and what I learned, which may be one of your questions, I'm just going to go ahead and roll into while I'm on my, my monologue is it was easy and that made all the difference for me. So your challenge lose 10, I lost 10, I lost 10 in 30 days. Mm -hmm. And I have to say like my belief in that possibility for myself was up and it was down. So when I first joined the challenge, it was like, of course, I'm here for it. I'm gonna lose the 10 pounds. And then the first like week, the weight loss was not there to like lead me to believe I would lose the 10 pounds. And I think what changed was for me, what really worked was your teaching about, you have to do what works for you. So the bio-individuality, which you teach us, And really understanding what intermittent fasting was. And you sold me on it. Like I was one of those people that was like, oh no. Whenever I had to fast for like a medical exam or anything like that, it was always like the most dramatic thing for me because I was one of those people that's like, I have to eat every two to three hours or I get hangry and cranky. And so I would have like 17 snacks throughout the day I would emergency eat snacks, right? emergency okay. snacks mm-hmm. and preventative snacks from hunger, like <laughs> the dreadful <laughs> hunger. Right. Mm-hmm. And so learning that hunger wasn't an emergency, learning that with intermittent fasting, like my hormones that are creating the sensation of hunger would be more stable. It really was the easiest thing for me to do. And so now that the challenge is over, we're what, like six weeks probably out from the challenge, I'm still maintaining the things that I did. And even today, I was just thinking about, I was like, oh, this is just my eating schedule now. And it is just like the new practice of my life. But it took me, right, a while to get there. And so I think my takeaway that I would offer anybody that's listening to this podcast is like, Give yourself the time and also start a little bit before you think you're ready. And I think you actually had an email to that effect, which was really confirming to me because it's still like, you're just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can really change all my eating habits and I'm not ready to change my eating habits. And you just really created a safe space within the challenge to do that and be compassionate and loving and understanding of ourselves when maybe we fell short of the goal that we had in terms of how we were gonna eat on a particular day.
1: I love that you said that, like just get started before you think you're ready because it is daunting. It is a big daunting thing to think about. Of like, oh my God, I have to change everything. And most of us relate changing eating habits or losing weight with restriction. So there's already a negative connotation there. like, okay, it's time for me to lose weight. Now it's time for my life to suck. And what I want to do is like just give people the education and the information that they need to make the best decisions for themselves, right? And so when I teach about intermittent fasting, it's not like, hey, this is what you have to do to lose weight. I just gave you the education. I gave you the science and you get to decide whether that is something that you want to include in your eating plan or not which is a wonderful thing. And people feel so empowered to make these decisions because it's like, it's coming from a much more positive place versus like, all right, time to restrict myself, time for my life to be over, time to be like really hungry and hangry and mean and nasty to my kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so good. But I really respect the fact that you waited until you were like ready to actually make a change and focus on your weight. And I want to say that to anyone who feels like, oh, I've got so many things I want to work on. I need to work on my money. I need to work on my marriage. I need to work on my my weight. Like focus is a beautiful thing. When you can focus your time and your attention on one thing and just go all in and be committed for 30 days in the boot camp, like who knew the changes that you were going to experience in 30 days? But you went all in. You're like, all right, 30 days. You're like, this is my goal for the 30 days. I'm focused. I'm here. I'm committed. I'm showing up. I'm doing the work. I'm getting coached, even though it was uncomfortable. Right. And then you were able to create that result. So, so glad that you were a participant in the last boot camp. I was like, yay,
0: my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I brought people with me, right? And she so, brought
1: people. Yes. You brought yeah.
0: It, you know I think them. it, I do really think it is a, a really good balance to just know, like, where will this be hard for me? And where will I commit to getting the extra help to see it through?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about food and marriage. Yeah. Right. And it's so interesting. So I think some of these questions that were related to food, I know that I definitely experienced before. And if you haven't heard the episode where I interviewed my husband on the podcast, we talked about like relationship weight and how. You know, our relationship was kind of based off of eating. And that was like the connection that we created when we first started dating. One of the questions that came in was it's easier to stay on track when he's eating the same thing that I am. And that was definitely the dynamic that Kevin and I had when we were dating. So, what do you say to the wife who feels that her husband needs to do the exact thing that she's doing to be successful?
0: A little bit of code. Yeah. This is so good because that's just a thought. It's just a thought that it's easier when he's doing the same thing. So I want you to just first open yourself up to the possibility that you get to create however you want it to be easy. Like that's actually within your control. And for me, I'm going to tell you guys, listen, probably last year, my husband decided to become vegetarian. Okay. I am not vegetarian, nor do I have any immediate interest in being vegetarian. And we also have two small children who eat what small children eat. They're five (laughs) and seven. So on any given day, I find myself cooking three different meals. Wow. You're like a short order cook. I'm like a short order cook. And guess what? Like I'm a hundred percent okay with it. And I have decided that it's easy and I've made it easy. Right. Okay. So
1: So I want to talk to, I want to, I want you to hone in on that thought process a little bit, because I do hear that from a lot of my clients of like, I've got to cook food for myself. I've got a cook food for my family. And they feel very overwhelmed of like, one, they feel restricted because they want to enjoy pizza night with the kids. Yeah. But two, the time it takes every single day to prepare their
0: meals. And-, and that's where you have to look at like, how can you make it easier? So I don't do it every single day. So for example, it's so funny because even among my kids, they like different vegetables. So it is a matter of like, okay, this is the day I'm going to make two to three servings of this thing and heat it up, right? And so for me, the way that I've done it is my kids eat pretty much the same three rotations of meals. So that means I can like batch it for them. My husband eats pretty much the same two to three seafood things plus vegetables And then what I did, which thank you, Jennifer, for introducing me to Green Chef or any meal, you know, planning service. And so I have my meals delivered where all my ingredients are just there. And there are some times where I'll order a seafood dish and then my husband and I can share that. So I think the key is like, it doesn't have to actually be a day, daily day-to-day thing that you do. You can just plan like, okay, these are the two meals they're going to have on these days. And then on this day, I'm going to prep this. And I have to say, like, it's so funny because I went to the grocery store yesterday and I was like, it's so easy to go to the grocery store now because you have a one, my meals are already set. I don't have to worry about it. And of everybody, I'm the one that likes the most variety in my eating. So So you were the
1: problem child.
0: (laughs) I was the problem child. So I'm like, okay, well, with Green Chef, it's literally different every single week. Yeah. And I just know, like, these are the snacks my kids always eat. These are the vegetables everybody likes in some combination. And it's just done. And so I think, like, to make it easy for yourself, one, you have to believe that it can be easy. Because I would have never thought of all of this without, really believing that I can make it easy on myself. Sometimes the ease will come from an investment, right? Like it does cost money to purchase a meal planning service, but I'm also saving money at the grocery store, saving money from food that I bought that I thought I might want to eat, but then didn't really care to eat. So and that time really, too. And time, time
1: money as well.
0: Time for sure. Time is money. And so I think you know, you want to look at why you feel like he needs to be eating the same way you do. Like, what is that about for you? What are you looking for him being on the same eating plan to do for you? Cause here's the other thing. My husband has a huge sweet tooth. He has dessert every single day and the kids have dessert every single day. And, and my kids eat? eat pizza at least two to three times a day. I mean, not a day, <laughs> <laughs> three times a week. And so how I handle the pizza because I really like pizza is again what I learned in the challenge is just put it on your list. So, my son's pizza crust is on my food list that I eat. I, I just eat that. it and I just know, like, oh, he's having pizza today. That means we're having crust.
1: And you know right? that he's not going to eat the crust. And he's not going to, crust. Eat, the crust. And I I get to eat the
0: crust. And it's just fine. Like, I don't even think about it again. It's just like, this is what I've already decided. There's no guilt. Easy. There's no, no, there's no like back and forth, no
1: mind drama. Zero. Yeah. I love that.
0: So love yeah, that. look at why you want him to be on the same plan that you do. Like, what are you looking for that to bring you? Is it emotional support? Is it that you think it will be easier? And then just challenge that, just like entertain the possibility that it's not necessary for you to be able to make this work for you. hmm Shout out to Green Chef. Shout <laughs> out to prepared Green meals. Chef. We are not getting paid for it, but we definitely should. No,
1: we love Green Chef. Actually, one of the things that we talk about in the boot camp is planning, right? And how to plan, the mindset of planning, getting over the belief like, I hate planning. I like to free flow my meals and all that stuff. So I use Green Chef. I use a couple of different meal planning what do they call Meal planning, meal kit delivery services. That's what they are.
0: And I will say for me, I am not the person who likes to plan, right? Like Mm -hmm. at least for food. And so one of the things that I think coaching with you can help people do is decide like, do you want to spend all your energy changing the thought? Or can you also set up your life to just support you with where you are and keep going? Right. Because if I had spent a lot of time waiting to like, I wanted to love planning out my meals, I don't know. Right. I wouldn't
1: be there yet. Right. I wouldn't be there yet. <laughs> so
0: for me, it's like, I know that I don't like to plan my meals. So how can I set up a system that just does it for me? It's like online shopping with Green Chef. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is what I'm going to have. And it's like a surprise because I don't remember weeks later, you know, I planned them like three to four weeks in advance. And it just shows up. I'm like, oh, this is what we're having this week. How exciting. yeah, I "I forgot. This looks good. Yeah, exactly.
1: Brings the excitement in. Yeah, I do like to give away discount codes and stuff for that within the bootcamp. If you're interested in trying Green Chef, I will put the link in the show notes to get like, I think 40 or 50 or 60 bucks off. Your first order. All right, love it. So this other question that I received was about... I guess it's kind of the same thing, codependency, right? So she wrote, we have different eating protocols and eating schedules. Sometimes I feel like our relationship is a little codependent. He cooked X and I have to eat it or is drinking X. And my thought is like, oh, that looks good. Let me get just a little bite. I also see this kind of come up too, because a lot of my clients do have young kids. And I think all of them who have young kids have pizza night. (laughs) At least once a week, there is pizza night happening in the family. And so there was always what I noticed with my clients, like there was always like this difficult, like, oh, well, if I'm not eating pizza with the kids, then I'm not participating. I'm not participating in the family and the family activity. Or there's this thought of like, my husband is eating this, like your husband is eating the dessert every night. Your kids are eating the dessert every night. And she's thinking like, oh, that looks good. Let me get one bite. And I always talk about the BLT, right? The bites, the licks, and the taste. Mm -hmm. You bite, you lick, you taste just enough every single day. That is easily enough to keep you five, six, seven, 10 pounds overweight. And so how do you handle... Seeing your family enjoying the foods, and you're thinking, oh, that looks good. And then the BLTs come in.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think one to the enjoyment, right? Like to the experience of this is pizza night or everyone else is eating. There have literally been times when I've sat at the table and not eaten, right? Because I wasn't hungry or I was so hungry earlier that I ate before dinner time.
1: So, so what was your I, thought then? Because I've had a client, she's like, that's impossible. I could never sit at the table with my family and not eat. What's your Yeah? Thought? It's like
0: I eat when I'm hungry. That's the thought.
1: Ding, 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 ding.
0: Literally, like there you go. and that really <laughs> crystallized for me and the challenge, because I would spend so much of my time thinking about, oh, I should eat now so I'm not hungry later. Right. And now it's like, no, I just eat when I'm hungry. So yeah, there have been plenty of times and there've been times even where, you know, maybe I ate later in the day and then it's time for dinner and we're ordering out. And my husband's like, Hey, we're ordering out. Like, what do you want? Right. And so I would decide like, okay, well, if I want to stop eating at like seven, then maybe I'll just get like a small appetizer or a salad with some chicken. And so like when you are really committed to eating, when you are hungry, it's almost like eating just in the social experience of eating is not even important to you. It's like, I can just sit at the table and watch my family enjoy what they're eating, right? Now, if you're actually hungry too, then you want to eat, but you also, if what they're eating is not on your plan, then you want to decide what you're going to eat instead, or consciously decide to put those things on your eating plan. I think like a lot of energy is spent on like obsessing about the things you shouldn't be eating, which is not at all the method that Jennifer teaches. So like, yeah, if we're going to order pizza and I want to have pizza, I just decide that I'm going to have the pizza and I let it be and I stay on track with everything else or that's part of staying on track. Actually, I incorporate that into staying on track. What was the second part of the question about... If he's having it, I should have it or I want to taste it too. Yeah.
1: She's thinking, oh, that looks good. Oh yeah, Let that me looks get a little good. Bite. So it's not something yeah. that she doesn't already have on her plan. Yeah. Her husband is eating said thing or drinking. Said yeah. And she's it's like, oh, so I
0: funny. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> in the middle of the challenge, my husband brought me like this gourmet cookie from this place that like always sells out. Right. So it was like mm-hmm. such a special. And so- I didn't eat it that day and I put it on my plan for the next day. Also, if he is eating something that you feel like you want to eat, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, Jennifer, but this is how I would approach it. Eat it and then understand why you did. So there are plenty of times where even in the challenge, I did fall into the bites, looks, and tastes. And I was like, why did I do that? What was going on, right? And that's where the pizza crust revelation came. It was like mm-hmm. I did that because I really like this pizza crust, right? I mm-hmm. really enjoyed the taste of it, and I wanted to have it. And so I was like, there's nothing, "There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. And, why make
1: why make it a big deal? Yes, right? When you can intentionally eat the pizza crust." Instead of emotionally choosing like, oh my God, I've got to eat this pizza crust. And then you make yourself feel badly because you ate the pizza crust. Like, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Just decide ahead of time that that's what you're going to eat.
0: And understand why. So back to the, he's having a bite of something. Oh, that looks good. Like, okay, eat it. Like, what was that about for you? Know what it was and then decide, like, do I want to keep making decisions about my eating from that place? And if you do, okay, incorporate it into your plan. But if you don't, and you know that it's not helping you achieve the goal that you want, then you want to start with the thought and the thinking that's leading you to eat it. Mm -hmm. Usually it's from scarcity. Like, oh, if I don't have this bite now, I'm never going to be able to to do it
1: again. Oh my
0: God. Rarely true, right? Rarely true.
1: (laughs) Oh, our bratty brains make those things seem like it's such a true thing. So, Mm -hmm. so interesting. I love this discussion. So here's another food relationship question. How do you deal with the traditional inequities in a modern marriage, right? So the expectations of a working woman are a lot. She's often overwhelmed. She's got a full-time job. She has young kids and she's expected to do the traditional things like prepare the food and get the kids ready for bed and all the things at nighttime. And she's often overwhelmed and she uses food as her escape. And she said very specifically during COVID where the kids were at home, the kids were just at home. Like she was working from home. Husband was working from home. Kids were at home. But guess who was also monitoring the kids and working full time? She was. And so she feels like she's supposed to be a superwoman. She's expected to do all the things and have a full-time job, but it's very, very challenging for her. So what would you offer her?
0: Yeah. So the first place is like, who's expecting that of you? I think a lot of times we give up our power because we live into expectations that maybe are not true for us, right? So I can empathize with you, right? I also work full time, have two small children and also have a husband that works in the medical profession who works at least 12 hours a day. Right. And so I decided what were the expectations that I wanted to have of myself during COVID. I actually have a podcast episode all about this, like how I survived this week. And it takes you through like a week (laughs) (laughs) of me at home with COVID, right? Like when it first started with two small children running a coaching practice from my home, right? with meetings with people. Like my primary day is meeting with people. It's not doing other tasks. It's literally being on Zoom calls with people. And so I really would just have you look at who is expecting this of you. Because a lot of times we like to delegate responsibility to other people, Mm -hmm. right? Like my husband is expecting this of me because he's not stepping in. But if you don't expect it of you, If you resist it as an expectation that you feel you need to meet, then you find other ways around it. Then you find other solutions that actually work for you. And I think that is always the place to start. Now, if it is an expectation that you decide to take on, you get to own that. And what I mean by that is that you choose it for whatever reason. Right. So like even with COVID for us, if my kids are five and seven, we didn't have babysitters come in to care for them. Why? Because I didn't want them exposed. And so that meant that instead of being upset that my husband wasn't available or that I didn't have the help I need, I chose to honor what was most important to me. And that was keeping us physically safe from the virus by minimizing our contact with other people which meant that anything else that came about as a result of that decision, meaning kids at home screaming and crying, interrupting my meetings, I owned it. I owned it as my thing to manage because I made a decision based on what was most important for me. And so you really have to look at how can I own the decisions that I'm making? Why am I making the decisions So even before that, it's
1: remembering why you made that decision in the first place.
0: Yes. And so it's
1: just constantly reminding your brain of like, oh, wait, I've chosen to keep my kids at home without a sitter. I've chosen to continue running my business or doing my job. I've chosen to alleviate, I'm using air quotes for alleviate my husband from doing X, Y,
0: and Z. I've chosen to cook dinner instead of whatever other option might be available to you because of this reason. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so when you you remind yourself constantly that this is what you've chosen to do, then it's like, all right, I feel like it just takes the burden off of you and then allows yourself to be more curious of like, how can I make this work? How can this be easier? And sometimes, you know, I tell my clients like, look, sometimes it's like a, a day by day thing. It's like a morning by afternoon decision that you have to make. Like, look, how can I get to noon today?
0: Literally. (laughs) And and also, I think what comes with that when you can own the decision is like you can enter into a situation and know that it's going to be hard Mm -hmm. and let that be okay. Right. There have been plenty of times where I'm like, this is going to be a hard day. I have five client calls and both of my kids are home. How can I manage myself in the hardness of it and be okay with it being hard? So a lot of the frustration from these situations come when we resist it being hard, right? It's going to be hard. Okay. I'm here for it, right? This was my decision for these reasons that were more important to me. And so I'm just going to get through it.
1: And, you know, I have to say that because we text each other every day. And I don't ever remember you complaining or like venting or anything about the kids being at home and just feeling like what you were doing was difficult. I never remember you having like a woe is me moment. Yeah. And I'm over here, like, you know, I don't have any kids at home. So I'm over here, like, just working, 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 working. And I'm like, damn, I wonder how Siobhan's doing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with the kids at home and, you know, Schubert working and everything. So, I mean, hats off to you for managing your mind and not giving that energy to just being stuck in confusion or a pity party. Or as I say, in the rabbit hole, you're just like, no, it's going to figure it out and make it work.
0: Yeah. And I think that also comes with, being able to just process emotions, which I think is something that's so important in both marriage and in the weight loss journey is the emotions still come up, right? There are many moments where I'm like, I feel very overwhelmed. And it's allowing that to be there, again, allowing it to be hard and just letting that sort of pass through. Okay, it's gonna be hard. What can I do to make it easy? What can I do to manage My brain, like, how am I going to set myself up to take care of myself Mm -hmm. in this experience?
1: Yeah. I literally coached myself on that this morning of like the feeling of overwhelm. Monday morning, I wrote down, like, oh my God, I'm so, I call it OW, but I write it down. I'm an OW. And then it's like, okay, all right. I'm an OW only because of my thinking about what I need to do. How can I make this easier? Yeah, And lo and behold, ask the question, your brain will always give you an answer.
0: It is a machine that way. It
1: is a machine. We just have to listen to it. Well, we got to ask the right questions too. All right. So let's talk about money.
0: Let's do it.
1: Money, 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 money. So the comment or the question that I got from a client was, we need to be, we being the husband, her and her husband, need to be on the same page with our finances. And it's a problem that he doesn't get it. So how do you handle when you feel like your spouse doesn't want to progress with you financially?
0: I love it. Thought, right? The thought that was shared is we need to be on the same page. And I want to offer you that does not have to be true. Just listen, right? Like, okay, how can it be true that that doesn't have to be true? So I am a, Big, big fan. And I think this is the principle that I talked about and how I survived the week back to the COVID episode is you get to have your priorities. And I'll be the first to tell you, my husband and I are not on the same page about money. And it's no longer an issue in our marriage. The reason is he owns his priorities with our financial plan, portfolio, whatever you want to call it. And I own mine. We come together and we have conversations about like, what are our mutual goals? And I'm clear on like what I'm doing and he's clear on what he's doing. And we kind of set it and forget it. And so I would be curious to know, like, what is it exactly that maybe your spouse is not doing that makes you feel like you're not on the same page? What are your goals and how can you be responsible for achieving that goal? And whatever your spouse is doing is like cherry on top of the sundae. Why do I suggest this? Because when you are needing them to take action or believe things in a certain way that they don't, you spend a lot of time upset, frustrated, That is the most demotivating thing, right? And I can say that being the person in our relationship who wasn't the saver, who wasn't the person consciously thinking about our retirement and 401k and all of those things, that is my husband's wheelhouse a thousand percent. I'm the one that's like, no, let's have a party. Let's go on vacation. <laughs> let's do this. right? YOLO, right? You'll right? Once. And so when he would get on me about that, it would demotivate me. And I think the greatest thing you can do when you're not on the same page is try to understand why your spouse might think the way that they think, because it feels like it's a personal attack on you. It feels like they're just trying to like, not be on board with what you see so clearly is the right thing to do, but there's a lot of things that go into people's money mindset that is just wired how they were you know, trained and taught about money that's coming out. And so when you can look at that as like, okay, we're not against each other here. They just have a totally different relationship with money than I do. How can I Take responsibility for the things that are my priorities. So many times in marriage, we're giving our priorities to our spouse and expecting them to prioritize it the level that we do. And, and it just doesn't them, work that way. Yeah,
1: expecting them to know what the heck you want. And what yeah, you need.
0: exactly. And they don't, right? And yeah. that doesn't have to be a problem when you can see that and work within that. You'll have more compassion for them you'll be able to bring them on board because that's what happened. My husband stopped making it a big deal. We just got really clear about what I needed to do. And then I did the work to bring myself Mm -hmm. up to speed. And so that wouldn't have happened if he was constantly telling me we have to be on the same page. He just released the reins and let me go through my own journey. And that applies to money. That applies to any place where you feel like you guys are not on the same page. You do not have to be on the same page every day, all the time, every step. And as soon as you decide that, we don't have to be on the same page. We don't need to be in conflict with each other, but we Mm -hmm. also don't have to think the exact same way and take the exact same actions. I promise you, you will actually find ways to get on the same page a lot easier and a lot quicker.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. I think with money, it's like we ha- we have our own money stories that we have to deal with and heal and understand. But then there's like this storyline of what we believe marriage and money looks like or supposed to look like. And so now we're like, we haven't even dealt with our own money shit, and then we get into the marriage. We're like, well, we got to do this. We got to be on the same page. We got to budget like this. And I think it's probably one of the reasons why so many people get divorced over marriage, or why there's so many disconnects an arguments about money because we don't even know how to control what we create and what we bring in. And then we're like trying to control him. And then it's just a big mess. Yeah. So been there, done that. That's like a whole
0: yeah. Another podcast. I was literally (laughs) just thinking that because I'm like, well, there's scarcity there somewhere. Let's look at that. And then Mm -hmm. let's look at, like, there's so many elements to that for sure. But how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I think I've
1: talked about on the podcast before. I was always in scarcity around food, which caused me to overeat. I was also in scarcity when it came to managing my money, which caused me to like overbuy and not really pay attention to what I was doing with my money. So You know, it's just really fascinating. The money mindset is very, very, very similar to weight. And one day I am going to create something around women and wealth. (laughs) Yeah. You should. And and (laughs) weight. That was a great question. Okay. So we got two more just general questions that I want to get through. So this one is about having conversations, having difficult conversations. So she says, we have different communication styles. I'm more of a people pleaser and an obliger. He's more outspoken in your face. So I find myself agreeing with him or getting quiet just because I want him to be quiet. And I don't feel like I can win an argument with him. And I suppress feelings, which cause me to buffer with food or television. What would you say to her?
0: Yeah. Yeah. First of all, great awareness right? To know what you're doing in those conversations. And so here's what I want to offer you is that you want to honor yourself. What I mean by that is the people pleasing, the getting quiet is dishonoring yourself. It's shrinking you, right? And you're doing that from a place of wanting to change him, right? Do you see that where it's like, Oh, I'm going to agree or I'm going to be quiet because I want him to be quiet. And what I want to offer you is like, what if we just let his communication style be his communication style? What if there's like nothing wrong that he's more direct or outspoken or more verbal with his ideas? And you get to create your own space to share your ideas. Now, the reason this comes up for people is because we, and especially as women, spend a lot of time trying to control and influence how our spouses see us. And I want to offer you, what if it's okay that he disagrees with you? What if it's okay that he doesn't like the way you think about things? What if it's okay that he actually has a wrong impression of you? When you can allow that to happen, like, it's fine that he thinks this wrong thing about me. I know the truth of who I am. I'm not going to deny this part of myself or I'm not going to shut down what I really believe and what I really want. So he thinks a certain way about me. Then you give yourself your voice. And people pleasing in a marriage is the quickest way to disconnect from your identity and who you are, which then creates a false marriage. Right? Was well, there a
1: level of disconnect anyway when you find yourself being a people pleaser because you're not
0: Yes, because you're, trying to, yourself, exactly. because you're, you're trying, trying to Exactly, you're trying to influence and control how people see you because you're so yeah. worried about what they think of you, you're so worried about them being upset. But him disagreeing, him being upset is not a problem. And I think for women, this is what I find at least among my clients is we think if he's unhappy with us or he doesn't agree with us that he's like one foot out of the door because a lot of us have abandonment and rejection issues. Mm -hmm. Men, when they don't agree with you or when they don't like something you're doing, rarely do they think about leaving. They don't take it personally. They're so logical in their thinking. And when a man decides to commit to you, he is all in. Mm -hmm. It's us as women, because we are much more emotionally Reactive to things and emotionally
1: fragile,
0: and emotionally fragile, right? We're the ones that are like, Oh, if we're not getting along, like I can't do this anymore. I've had enough. He is never having that conversation in his brain. So if you can just be okay with him being upset, with him disagreeing, with him not liking some aspect of you, and know and be secure that it doesn't mean your relationship is going to end, that he's not going to leave you then you get to reconnect to who you are and stop showing up trying to control the way that he sees you. Acceptance
1: is a beautiful thing. So beautiful. (laughs) If you remember nothing from this podcast, acceptance and curiosity, be curious. For sure. That's so good. Okay. So here's a fun question about rekindling romance or fun after so many years of being married. My daughter is going away to college soon and it will just be the two of us in the house. What do you tell your clients? I guess the empty nester
0: syndrome, is that what that is? Yeah, I guess. It happens at multiple different levels. Even if you're in a really challenging place, the place I always suggest people start is rebuilding that friendship, right? So for empty nesters, this question, or for any person in a phase of needing to do some rebuilding. I think the best mindset to adopt is like, we're brand new at this. Right. And the reason I say that is because when you're married, there's certain things that you begin to take for granted and certain expectations you have that don't serve you and building something. So it's sort of like, well, I already know he doesn't like to do this, or I already know we have issues with this, or I already know this isn't going to work out. Like when you have a lot of that chatter, in your brain or chatter, like, well, we we shouldn't have to do this. We're married. Like, we've been together for 10, 15, 20 years. That kind of thinking will always keep you stuck not doing anything new. So if you approach it as like, we're brand new at this, right? Like, we're in a different phase. We're in a different season. Let's, you know, start with a blank slate. How can we begin to get to know each other? Because here's the truth, too. You both have evolved so much over time. And you're always becoming a brand new person. And so when you can release the expectation that like, oh, we shouldn't need to do this because we're married and you change it to like, oh my gosh, we get to learn this about each other because we're brand new at this. Then you get to have fun. Then you can be a little bit more creative in the things that you do.
1: I actually just learned that too recently and just receiving compliments from my husband. We've been married almost seven years. And like now he'll compliment me. And I'm like, whatever. You're just saying that because, you know, or I just, you know, dismiss it or don't even pay any attention to it. And what I was told is like, when you were dating, like we were first dating, like you received all of the compliments. Like you were looking for him to compliment because at that time I was like trying to register. Is he the one? Is he good? Like, is he good enough? Does he compliment me? All the things and making like, it was an expectation that he should compliment me. And of course I was like, oh, thank you. Like, it's so lovely. And so now when he compliments me, I have to be open. i have to remind myself to, to accept the compliment and not to just brush it off, not to just dismiss it. So I think that is really, I love that. Just thought of like, oh, brand new, like just erasing everything that I've known for the past seven years, blowing up my brain again and starting fresh of like, okay, how am I? How am I seeing him, my husband?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So good. All right, so we've had quite a in-depth conversation about all things food and husbands and money and keeping things fun. Oh, here's one thing in the boot camp. I always want to ask my boot campers, my clients who have been on the podcast. What's the last fun food that you had to eat?
0: The last fun food that I had to eat was a piece of carrot cake. Yummy. Love carrot cake. It was so delicious.
1: So thank you, Dr. Siobhan. I definitely want to put that link in the show notes of your COVID week podcast. So make sure you send that to me. Tell everyone about your podcast, your website, why they should follow you on Instagram to see your Ah! (laughs) reels.
0: Okay, guys. So you're already listening to a podcast. So as soon as this is over, hop on in the search bar and click love marriage again with Dr. Siobhan. There you will find over a hundred episodes of podcasts for your listening pleasure. We will definitely link, I don't remember the exact episode number, but we'll link the one that I mentioned in this conversation, How I Survived Last Week. I know that's the title of it. So you will find more conversation with me about all things marriage. I do sometimes talk about weight loss as well, and just like where I am with things in my thinking. And then the next place you want to hop on to is Instagram. So I'm having so much fun on Instagram with lots of different things. So if you want to see my face and like, feel like we're literally having coffee and chatting together, definitely go there. I do Instagram videos like IGTV videos with some great tips and just quick nuggets for you. And then for the fun, entertaining in your face truth, You can uh, look at some of my reels where I just, you know, 30 seconds, (laughs) let's hit it and go on creating a better experience in our marriage. So those are a lot of fun for me as well. And then if you want any of my free resources, you can visit my website, which is drshavon.com. I've got a lot of freebies there, guides, audio programs, and things like that, that can help you with your marriage as well.
1: And that's D R C H. A-V-O-N-N-E. Yes. All right. And what's your Instagram handle? It's
0: at Siobhan parat
1: Okay. P-E-R-O-T-T-E.
0: You got it. <laughs> you know when you said that, you sounded like that usher. They call me U H. <laughs> right? <laughs> U-S-H-E-R. I haven't listened to usher in years. <laughs> I but I was, was like, had that in my brain when you were saying I can that.
1: hear it. I can hear it. I can hear it. <laughs> All right, my friend, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom about marriage. And I highly recommend everyone, if you're married, even if you're not married, if you're wanting to be married, if you want a better relationship, a better understanding of the people that you are in relationship with, go listen to Dr. Siobhan.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun.
1: All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, 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 before you go, I have one more thing for you. If you like today's episode and want to learn more about the Stop Dieting Forever lifestyle, I have a free weight loss guide for you at jenniferdent.com forward slash stop dieting forever. In it, you'll discover the four things you must try before you give up on your weight loss goal. Go to jenniferdent.com forward slash stop dieting forever to request your free copy. What do you have to lose but some weight? Go to jenniferdent.com forward slash stop dieting forever right now. Don't put it off until later. Decide your health is worth the time now. Go to jenniferdent.com forward slash stop dieting forever to discover what you can do to really stop dieting dieting forever.